podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Tap Into. I'm Travis. I'm Pete. And this is our story. Two and a half years ago, we were leading mediocre lives in Kentucky, working for the weekend and filling our time with things that didn't always matter. I mean, life wasn't bad by any means, but we always had a feeling that things could be better, a feeling there was something more out there and our lives could hold more purpose. So we sold all of our belongings, including a house, a car, and pretty much everything we owned, packed up our trusty Prius, and drove across the country to sunny California. This podcast shares the good, the bad, and everything in between as we continue our journey to expand and grow every day. Come join us each week on Facebook to interact with us live on our page, Travis and Pete, where we share all the tools we have collected along the way to enjoy a life full of gratitude, love, and purpose. Wait, since it's live, does that mean I have to wear pants? Nah, there'll be a desk. Sweet! So come as you are, set aside what you think you know, and simply listen. And as always... Take Take what what you you like and leave leave the rest. I'm a little under the weather today, so this should be fun, unmedicated, um, as of yet. But I feel very off still. I think I might be experiencing, like, week-long jet lag, um, as well as... uh, Cold Italian Italian influenza. (laughs) I don't know if it's a thing, but it is now, um, and I guess no one wants to be around um, Italian bugs, or at least that's what Pete says. Um, so, hi everybody, it's me, I'm back with Pete, um, after it feels like forever, um, but it's only been, what, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, like two weeks. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, uh, as you can see, uh, today's episode is called Lost My Shit in Italy. Um, this is the first uh, time that this amazing little uh, recollection has happened. Uh, me and my tra- oh, Kelly says she doesn't hear any audio. Okay, yep, we're good. We're good. Anyways, we're good. Uh, there it is. All right, thank you, everybody. So uh, we're, uh, today I'm recollecting my travels to Italy, <laughs> and I'm going to try to do it the best as I can because I feel like crap. I feel like crap today. Uh, have a little bit of the Italy influenza. Should be on the outskirts of it. Um, Hi Terry. Oh, okay. Uh, Terry, that's my that's my work mom. Oh, hey work mom. There it is now. I can hear you now. Everybody can hear me. Woo-hoo! Donna says hi too. Throw hi hearts. Terry. Hi Donna. Hearts, 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 hearts. Anyways, so the well, left on the ninth to go to Italy uh, with one of my best friends, uh, Kelly Haig, and uh, it was a very very amazing trip for the most part. I think so for the most part. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that for the most part. Um, we did a lot of planning, did a lot of, of sightseeing, uh, went to one of our most favorite areas in Italy called Sabello, um, it's, which is in the Umbria region, for people who uh, are unaware of where Sabello is. Um, it's one of those little areas, uh, for me, it was one of those things is what I expected Italy to look like. Uh, you know, where you see, like, the beautiful hillside and, um, like, the vineyards and the little nonies on their on their back porches throwing buckets of water, of freshly mopped water off the sides and hanging their, uh, what uh, Kelly calls chonies. I don't know if I've ever heard the word chonies before, but more than, um, I guess, yeah. So, see, even our, our producer was like, yeah, underwear. It was new for me, so it was a new word for me. Chon- Have you heard chonies? Yeah, Pete. All right, maybe it's a, a West Coast thing, California. 
Uh, but yeah, so like these old women hanging their chonies off of their like little lines, you know, in the alleyways. It was just gorgeous. You can go to my Instagram as well as um, Facebook page to check out all the beautiful pictures. Excuse me, I'm so snotty right now. I'm going to try to like back up as I do that uh, so it doesn't disgust you all. Anywho, so we we went to Rome. We started out in Rome. It was great. It was very touristy for me. Um, it was very much uh, like Vegas. I kind of, fa- you know, had a Vegas feeling. Um, lots of people trying to sell you things. Lots of people trying to like get you to these free passes in line for things. Like, would you like a fast pass? Would you like some water? Would you like all this stuff? Uh, but overall, it was a really cool experience. I think that anybody who's never been to Italy should go to Rome because it's you know where you can see. Uh, the Vatican, or you can see the the Colosseum um, if you get there in time, which we did not, so we got to see the outside of the Colosseum. Um, the, there's a lot of good food to experience, a lot of great wine to experience, um, and people to experience. Uh, but we were happy to get out of there day three, and we picked up a rental car, which, whew, tell you what, if you never drove in Italy, I don't suggest starting in Rome. Uh, we, we actually left on a, at a good time to where I didn't have to experience like the downtown Rome, but these are the people, if you've ever been to Mexico city or if you've ever been to Tijuana or if you've ever been to those kinds of places, it's where they'll take a two lane road and they'll somehow get five lanes of cars on it. You know, they just make their own shit. You know, a lot of people taking their, their, their piece yeah, out of the that's middle. That's very TJ. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. A little bit worse than that, but somehow they all made it to work because unlike TJ, None of their cars had any scratches on them. So it's like they know how to use that, <laughs> unlike unlike Tijuana. Anyway, so we left and drove to Spello. Gorgeous, gorgeous um, uh, drive up there. Um, we had some friends uh, that were actually from California that uh, they they go to Spello specifically. They've been going to Spello for 20 years. Um, that was one of the main reasons that we went there. Um, and we we drove we drove there. Right, uh, found a parking spot finally, which was in this giant, wasn't giant, it was next to a museum. Um, super bright out, super light out. Um, it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, lots of people in and out. Well, unfortunately, our uh, Airbnb wasn't quite ready yet, so we, we took all of our luggage and put it in the trunk um, and walked up to the Enoteca um, to where we hit and indulged in some wine and some food. Um, for about an hour or so, I guess, went back, walked back to, uh, our rental car. And from a distance, I would say from about 50 yards away, I could see that looked what looked like the trunk popped. And I was like, no, that's not it. I just, I'm not aware of this car and what it looks like from a distance. And then he got closer and it was like, oh yeah, the trunk's definitely popped. Um, looked into the car and it was absolutely empty. Um, completely empty uh, of everything that we had packed and owned uh, in Italy, except for what we were wearing and what uh, Kelly and I lovingly uh, called the vault, which is this little purse that she had brought that has like uh, it's a travel purse where it has like special locks and, and an RDF reader to where people can't scan your shit. And so the only thing that we had was what she had on her. Luckily, that was passports and some credit cards. Uh, but every single thing else <laughs> that we had brought, um, electronics, clothes, luggage, you name it, um, shoes, everything was gone. Um, the front window had been broken out. The little triangular window um, had been broken out. Someone had popped the trunk and took all of our belongings. That was fun, let me tell you. 
Uh, I, I I immediately lost my shit. So for people who don't know me, um, I express all my emotions through tears. Like, literally all of them. Anger, um, happiness, sadness, just all of them. Like, that's my uh, my outlet, I guess you could say. You know this. It's not, nothing that you're not aware of. Um, what? And you cry? Yeah, a lot. I'm a crier. And I used to, like, apologize for that. I used to th- think of it as a sign of weakness. Um, I would apologize. I'm so sorry. This, that, and the other. Um, but now I realize, as I get older, that it's way better than a lot of people that I know who, that hold um, hold any kind of energy and hold any kind of like let go in. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go cry, but somehow let go of whatever kind of feelings that you're having in your own way. So anyway, I immediately lost my shit um, and and started crying, of course, um, because. It evoked a whole bunch of different um, feelings for me. Um, one, my body immediately felt flushed and hot and cold at the same time, um, very similar to whenever I had my stroke. That was very scary for me. Um, two, it, it reminded me of whenever my house was um, broken into back in 2012, I want to say-ish. Um, that was a very scary thing, especially whenever... Your safety gets broken into, you know. Um, and three, it was just a, ju- you know, it's like, what do you do? You're in a completely foreign country um, where there's a lot of um, language barriers. Um, it was all just, yeah. So I think I called Pete. Uh, my first, well, I know my first call was to Pete. Uh, I can't remember a lot was said really, except for um, all the shit got stolen. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it was a very, very scary time with all the emotions flooding in at once. Luckily, there was a guy, um, a gentleman with his, uh, wife and, and younger daughter that had not seen the whole thing, but noticed that our window had broken, broken out and he was trying to get to the correct people. He actually called, uh, the police for us. He spoke a little bit of English. Um, and he, he called the police, waited for the police to get there, told the police what had happened. Um, the police hadn't, wasn't really open during that time, or there was a big thing going on to where they couldn't send anybody except for one police person over. Um, but then the next day we went to this consulate uh, to where we filled out everything. So, yeah, um, it was, to say the least, we were very, 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 very lucky um, looking back on it because we had uh, two of our friends that had been there, was still there. They came rushing down, American, California, San Diegans. Um, that was like, they knew the area, um, so they could take us to go get a few things that we needed, toothbrush, toothpaste. They took us to the mall to get like a change of clothes. Um, you know, it was very nice having people there that was on your side. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was like, that was a, a very, you know, we would tell people that where we was robbed, um, and people throughout the whole area was just like, really? Spello? Out of all the places that you were going to get robbed, um, Spello was not the place that anybody on our like journey would have expected. And so the thing is, is that we found out that it seems like there was some some people, um, like a thug gang in my head is what I'm, I'm envisioning, like these punk kids from the, a couple towns over that had been coming over to these quiet towns. Um, and literally waiting in these parking lots, waiting for people to grab their bags out of like the middle seat and put them in the trunk 
watching them doing it the whole time. And then as we walked away to go up to our Airbnb to check in is whenever they hit. Because we got there around 12. Um, and this, the time is a little off for me. But we got there around 12, between 12 and 12.30. And within 15 minutes of us getting there, um, our iPads and our, and our computers were turned off. So if you don't know, if you have an I- Apple product, um, you can use Find My iPhone and Find My, which is also Find My iPad, but you can't find it if they turn it off. And that's what they did. So there's people that kind of knew what the hell they were doing. So sometime within 15 minutes of us getting there, they got into our cars, turned off all of our shit. And then there it was. Um, luckily, I don't, know, I don't know. It's very hindsight now. Um, our computers, both of which were work computers, um, were taken. Uh, we're, we don't expect any of this stuff to come back. You know, at this point, it's electronics. Um, between the two of us, it was like $10,000 worth of stuff. You know, she had work cameras and all this good stuff. And I had my work computers, which was the most, like, disheartening thing for me because my whole life is on that computer. Um, everything else can be replaced, right? So 24 hours kind of passed maybe 36 hours. Uh, we had filled out the police reports, all that good stuff. And uh, we went to the the square of this cute little town. Um, and by the way, everybody was all like, hey, you know, don't please don't blame Spello. And at this point, we were we felt more secure in Spello, the place where we got robbed, that we almost didn't want to go anywhere else. Because at that point, like, the neighbors knew us. Some of them took us out for like ice cream. Like some of them were feeding us. The people at the Enoteca Propizio, um, which was like the wine store, was like, "Come back here, have some food, have some wine." You know, so we felt taken loved of, and yeah. taken care of. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we felt really good about that. So the next day we went to the Times the Times Square, the square of the little town, and we were getting our coffee and. The guy that filled out the police report comes out and he looks at me and he points to me and he was like, don't move in his broken English. He was like, don't move. We found your stuff. And we were like, Kelly and I looked at each other and was like, shut up. Like beaming, super happy. We kind of figured this had happened to somebody else about a month ago to where um, they had gotten robbed. They didn't even know they got robbed. The, the police called them. Because they found their bags and they had a phone number on their tags. This is the importance of tags on your luggage, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, never travel anywhere without tr- you know luggage tags that have your name, address, and phone number. Boom. So they called these people and they were like, we found your luggage. And they were like, what do you mean you found our luggage? Our luggage is in our car. And they're like, no, your luggage is on the side of the road, sprouting around. So they had gotten robbed in such a quick time that they didn't even know that they'd lost their stuff. We did, unfortunately. Um, so they said they found our stuff. Uh, we sat at the police station. We found they came back um, out of two, four, six out of six bags. We got three back: two of our big suitcases um, and our, one of my carry-ons, which didn't have anything in it at the time because I was planning on filling it with wine and cheese and bringing stuff home. Um, what they had did was that they had opened up all of our luggage and then threw it outside, probably the night before. Because I kid you not, I picked up, I would say, a minimum of 50 to 60 snails out of that luggage and the clothes um, that we had found. 
Uh, so it was very, it was an interesting thing. All of our electronics were gone. Both of our buck bags, uh, her carry on, but we were, we repaired or we returned a lot of the clothes. They took a lot of expensive shoes and some other expensive things that we had, but overall just to have some of the stuff back was great. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So that's the first less than half, but maybe about half the trip. No, was day three. Day three. Day three is when and we got And then the robbed. next day, so with 24 hours, you got your stuff back? 36, I think. Okay. So what was the, the rebound? What was the process? What did you go through after that? How did, you, how did you set aside this fear of losing security to salvage or find meaning? Or So Kelly, Kelly asked me, you know, whenever she was all like, when all this happened. So I lost my shit. Kelly kind of just checked out for the most part. She kept on repeating herself like, did this really happen? <laughs> you know, she was just like, she didn't get upset. She was kind of like, she was there, but it was also like, is this really happening? Did this happen? You know, it was like, it was nice to have somebody that did lose her shit and didn't lose her shit at the same time. Um, but yeah, it was like, she immediately was like, well, maybe we should just fix our tickets and go home. And I was like, no. You know what I mean? It was like it was going to cost minimum of two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars per ticket to change. I didn't have the capacity to even figure out how to change them at that point. Um, what had happened had already happened, so it was like can't change that. And so I was like, no, let's not. Uh, let's just kind of figure it out. Let's take the next couple of days to figure it out. And we did. And we actually got into a, <laughs> a place of holy crap. We're backpacking across Italy. Um, we didn't have anything, like literally nothing. You know, we bought a couple shirts at the H and M that that next day or that day, but we got very excited about the prospects of having a backpack each because we was going to go buy a backpack <laughs> and filling it with enough stuff that we needed to get through the rest of our trip. And then our stuff came back, and we were both kind of like, "Oh man, because <laughs> backpack." Very exciting to get our some of our stuff back because it made you feel a little bit normal and a little bit more human. But also was like we had already gotten to the process of like, hey, we don't need anything. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to when we get when we get on a train, we don't have to like lug our big stuff around. When we get on the plane in about a week and a half, we ain't gonna have to check anything. We're not gonna have to go through customs. You know what I mean? It was all, it was very very exciting. Um, and then we got our stuff back, and it was also very exciting, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. So it took a little bit. So okay, so I heard something there that piqued my interest. So you said. Once you had let go of the fact that your stuff was gone, obviously there were some emotions there. You were worried about how what each respective work was going to do about the electronics that were lost, the expense of it all. But letting once you let that go and then you found this joy in backpacking through Europe, which by the way, if you're not from America, uh, we – a lot of us, and I'll speak for myself, are, you know, you go, you go, you graduate high school, you go to college, blah, 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 white picket fence, job, career, kids, wife, whatever, or reverse the gender. And so this idea of taking a gap year, which is very European concept from what I've read and heard, uh, is like you go and you just explore the world. And so this concept <laughs> to be able to just let all of this baggage down that you're supposed to have with you, that you're supposed to know and you're supposed to do and talk and people and whatever and just go explore yourself through the world is a pretty cool concept and also a very scary concept for me. So that whole notion of all of a sudden this whole idea of backpacking opened up. Like did you have plans or um, did you still carry that concept through once your stuff came back? Like 
did you realize you packed too much stuff to begin with? Yeah, that was a, that was one of the things is that we both kind of figured out was that um, at the end of the day, we both could have come with just one carry on and been fine. Um, it, it was a very good lesson of there was a lot of lessons in there, right? Don't overpack. You don't need it. Um, two, it was kind of like make sure everything is backed up. Uh, make sure you don't leave stuff in cars. Make sure you don't do this. Make sure you don't do that. There was a laundry list of it. But we, you know, we got excited about it. But we also got excited that we had our stuff back too because it's a very, for me, it's a very scary feeling and it's a very like lonely feeling, I guess you could say, to be in a foreign country without anything. You know, the comforts of any kind of comforts of home, um, whether it was a T-shirt, whether it's like a pair of pants that you've had forever, mm-hmm. whether it's shoes that you just bought or shoes that you've worn forever. Um, that was a little bit of a lonely feeling. You know what I mean? Um, and for me, it was the feeling of um, being uh, safety being taken from me. And that was the same feeling that I'd felt mm. whenever I had my my house broken into and robbed. It was like the one place, the feeling of safety being taken from you, if you've never experienced it, is a very, very um, horrible feeling um, that it's like you don't know what it feels like until it's happened to you. Um, and it's just kind of, it's one of those things that it took a while for me to shake. Um, you know, I had a lot of good people... Um, say there was two people that we ran into there was the people that was like hey it's just stuff which by the way if somebody um if somebody comes to you and says that they lost all their stuff and they're clearly um upset about it that's not the right thing to say (laughs) and it's it's a it's kind of a default honestly like there was many people that said it and that's fine yeah i'm just i'm talking from my experience um it's not the, always the right thing to say. You kind of have yeah. to feel it out. And I think it's kind of like as a person who is doing it, as like the person who got their stuff lost, I physically, you know, Pete, Pete told me, you know, he was all like giving me tools and all this stuff. And he was like, here, this is what, hey, here's this. It's fine. It's just things and blah, blah, blah. And it was like I needed 24 hours before I could call him and say, look, I just need you to tell me how freaking horrible this is and roll around with me for a few minutes, right? Um, and he did, and it was very wonderful, and it was exactly what I needed, and he was like, it, and it was like you could hear it in his voice, because, I mean, again, losing my shit, crying on the phone to him, I was just all like, everybody wants to give me tools, and everybody wants to say it's just stuff, and how happy they are that I made it on the other side, but nobody is going, you know what, that fucking sucks, I'm sorry that that happened to you, um, which I don't really apolog- like apologizing for things that are not your fault, but I, I wanted to hear it at the moment type deal. Um, and he goes, oh, yeah. And you could tell, you could hear the switch flip. He was like, man, that sucks. He was like, and he said something to me that kind of like didn't fix the whole thing, but made me feel more connected with him, which was like, I wish I could be there to roll around in the shit with you. And I was like, boom, that was it. That's all I needed to hear. And and it was from that point because I felt it a little. You feel a little crazy, right? You feel a little crazy when you're all like, "Is this really not that bad?" From the outside in, I guess maybe it's not that bad. I am alive, and it's only stuff. And but it's like for me, it was um, excruciating pain. Yeah, you know. So that's what I love about um, 
you know, we, we do this show so we can come on here and be like, this is what's going on in my life. This is our things I can do to navigate it and manage it differently. And, or how, how do I process my world as it's happening? Um, and you know, I know a lot of fixers. Sometimes I can be a fixer. Uh, Travis can also be a fixer and we have attracted you know, it to fix things, to make things unbroken is a human nature. I don't know if it's human nature or not. It's a thing that it's happening right now with a lot of people that I know. We just want to feel better. We want to feel okay. We want to feel safe. Um, <clears throat> and the beautiful thing about this conversation is that first, I didn't need, uh, maybe me saying here's some tools or whatever to feel better, but like Travis had a tool of his own that he may not have, that he subconsciously said, he's like, hey, this is what I need. So asking for what you need is a huge tool. And what ironically, unironically, I don't know, being able to say this sucks made it better. Being able to be in that moment and feel the feelings without trying to change them made it better. It may not have made it feel better like that, you know, that that place in your body where when your world's falling apart, it just hurts or it cringes or whatever. Maybe that didn't go away, but like feeling connected in that feeling makes it feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is an important lesson for – because it is just stuff and we are just traveling and we do just live in a house and these are just shoes. And like we can still make that comment. But the thing about humanity, the thing about being here now is feeling the feelings that are happening now. If it's joy, great, lean into it. If it's sadness, great, lean into it. If it's horror, I mean we're in October right now, so we go and search for horror on purpose, which I'm glad that we haven't done yet because I'm okay to let go of that. But like – lean into it it's part of being human to feel things and not be afraid that these feelings um are happening one of the things that i got to do while travis was away is i got uh really high and i was sitting in my house by myself and i anxiety would creep up or sadness would creep up or laughter or joy would creep up if i was watching something or reading something or thinking about something and i was able to detach what was happening outside of me and let the feeling ruminate and just feel it. I don't know what it is scientifically, the the chemicals that produce things that let me know whether to be afraid of something or all right with something or happy about something. But it's just a feeling. It actually doesn't dictate what happens outside of me. It's just a communication tool. So that was a really fun thing um, to do with myself. But it also relates to how we navigate our world because um, as we as we move on from trauma – uh, whether it's uh, relationships or – well, everything's in relationships. So um, we we find these – I find myself going, I'm doing this thing that I don't want to be afraid of anymore. But my body's auto response is you should be afraid of that because in the past, it hasn't been safe. So this was a very good um, lesson to practice being able to navigate feelings and being okay with the feelings. And the feeling that something's going wrong doesn't mean that something's actually wrong or unsafe we just need to connect through it, and uh, I'm not talking speaking for you. I'm speaking for myself um, and how I see things. Uh, but like you, you physically were safe. You and Kelly physically had each other. You physically had your money. You had communication skills. You know what I'm saying? You had these things. But what made it better was connecting with people um, about it's okay to feel what you feel. And then you were able to, which I hope we get more of the story. You were able to move on from that experience and enjoy the rest of your trip. Yeah, I think to an extent. Um, you know, and it was just kind of for me, um, it was funny because like over the next few days (laughs) we would remember some of the stuff that we had, we had lost. Right. 
um, you know, I think it was probably the next day or the day after I was talking with Kelly and I was like, you know what? I can't wait to use my GoPro. You know, we've been on this trip for this long and I cannot wait to use my GoPro. So I'm going to put it on my chest. I'm just going to walk around town and I look over and Kelly's looking at me like this. And it was like that connection of her looking at me like that to remember that was one of the shit things that I got stolen. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, um, it, it, it seemed like every single day until we left, finally, we were like, hey, can I, <laughs> can I borrow the nail clippers? And she was like, yeah, sure. Nope. Can't. That was one of the things that were stolen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it was like, for me, I can't speak for her. Like none of it didn't ever completely let go of it. Uh, from and I'll, and I'll speak only for me. I could not completely let go. Um, I enjoyed many of the things um, we enjoyed as best as we could. Um, three days before we left, I actually got a cold, which kind of put a dander on mine or damper on mine. Um, but it was just kind of like we were done. It was it was done. Uh, we were ready to come home. Um, would that have been different had we not had that experience? I don't know. Uh, I know for one thing that I wouldn't have learned a lot of the lessons that I've learned for the next time that I go overseas. Uh, so that's good. I'm taking stuff away from it. Um, I don't have any ill will towards Italy itself because stuff like that can happen all over the place. Um, one of the things that it was kind of ironic, not ironic, but kind of sucky, uh, was that when it happened, that happened to me, um, I was so excited to come home to my safe haven of a place where, you know, you leave stuff out and you leave your door unlocked and you leave your gate open and OB. Um, and, and Pete had told me, oh yeah, by the way, our hammock got stolen, um, that that put me down for for a few hours too because it was just like what is wrong with people what is this lesson that we're supposed to be learning um you know lock your stuff up all this but it was like a piece of my safe haven mm-hmm. that i was excited to come home to was ripped from me in that one sentence that he said our stuff was stolen and i'm like is anywhere safe anymore you know yeah. um so it's it's a very strange feeling it's a very uh, it is. It has robbed me, and I've allowed it to rob me of trust in just about every single person, place, and thing in my life. It's getting better, um, but when that happened to me, I literally wanted to light a match on every single thing in my life. You, my best friends, like everything. California. It was just like I, that's how I felt. It was like I could not trust anybody. I could not trust anything. It was like back to square one. Um, it's just me and Travis again mm-hmm. because you can't trust anybody else. Yeah. That's gone away for sure, but it still lingers a little bit. Yeah. I think that's a very important um yeah, however you take it. I I I find importance in that statement about uh the conversation of being able to trust things outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I'm learning on from my, working on for myself is uh trusting myself to navigate my world without someone else holding my hand. Um, sometimes, and that's not vilifying handholding because sometimes, uh, we're incapacitated. Sometimes our shit gets stolen and all we have is our emotions and they're so overwhelming that we just need to sit with them for a minute. Um, but you know, this whole thing that like, can we trust ourselves to navigate things when everything outside seems chaotic? And I hope that we can all find that the answer is yes, Yeah, because we all have those tools inside. And I don't mean tools like, um, 
you know, self-help or personal development tools. I just mean we all have the ability to sit inside and go, what do I need right now? Do I just need to sit here and be and feel unsafe or do I need to reach out or do I like we can all do that. I, I'm assuming I don't actually I don't know all of you. So maybe you can't. I don't know. You can let us know. But that's one thing I'm working on for myself is like, where does actual safety lie? Is someone else responsible for my safety, for your safety, for Danielle's safety? Um, like who, who is that? And I, and I, and one of the things politically in this country that I hear a lot is that we put our, our trust and our safety in other people and we get let down a hundred percent of the time. So I'm looking forward to a conversation shift where trust isn't anybody else's responsibility except our own zero ever at all. Um, maybe it's not a zero ever at all thing, but, um, I know that a hundred percent of people that I've met and talked to and I hear on the news and I hear this and that hundred percent, I, whatever. <laughs> that I hear. Not saying I've met 100% people. I'm saying 100% of conversations that I've had, someone has said something of like, I can't trust or I've been let down or whatever. And we are the only people that we can trust all the time, full time, forever. Mm. And even then, maybe, I don't know. I'm going to yeah. take away these definites. I've been saying a lot of definites yeah, yeah. just now. So let go of those. Uh, that maybe is not a response. I don't know. But um, oh, and maybe we'll leave it with this. I don't know. But that's the next, that's the next part of the conversation that I want to d- dive more deep into dive more deep into is what is trust whose responsibility is it how do i cultivate it if it's mine and so on yeah i think that falls into the same category as like i don't my actions have no bearing on other people you know what i mean it's kind of like i that's obviously for me it's not a truth um as well as the only person i can trust is myself that is what got me into a lot of the uh problems i think in my past was Mm -hmm. feeling that isolation that's how you isolate yourself mm. is saying only people i can trust is is myself um so yeah so for me it's like i like to cultivate relationships and i have to have a tribe that i trust in to not feel that way because if i start feeling i'm the only one i can trust then i don't need a tribe then that's a that's, yeah you know what i mean so that's just for me I and mean, that's the yeah. that's the same thing is hopefully i can trust a lot of people you know what i mean the the fact that if I don't trust you for my own problems and own reasons, that's a completely different thing. But to be able to trust you because you're in my tribe, um, I think it's a, it's not an expectation. That should be something that I should be able to do. Anyway, so... We'll see. Well, we're going to keep unpacking that. Or not. We'll see how it comes up. We'll see. Um, and as <coughs> usual, Travis and I always, we see the world a little bit differently. Uh, and then we come on here and talk about Quite. it. Quite different, or quite differently, yeah. Um, because I, I for one, think that like, yeah. And I heard Doctor Phil talk about this uh, back in the day when I used to watch his show. And it, he, one of the things he would say is, sh- lack of trust in other people is simply a reflection of lack of trust in yourself. So that resonates for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's that resonates good. for me. So, so it doesn't mean that I don't have people that I uh-huh. can trust good to job, treat Phil. me with respect. But it means that uh, we all bring our own shit to the table. And let's say Travis does something that triggers me. Um, it's my responsibility to deal with that trigger. It's not Travis's. Mm-hmm. But it's also my responsibility to say, hey, I'm hurting right now. We need to take a pause from this. Or, hey, this mm-hmm. brought this up for me. Let's look at this. Or, hey, I got to go to this corner and sulk for a bit or deal with it on my own or whatever I need. is So trusting ourselves to navigate our world. Um, that I don't think is anybody else's responsibility. Or is it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep coming back you just to answered it. your question. Cool. I like it. Yeah. That was good. Cool. Thanks for bringing Dr. Phil in here. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that was a good line that still resonates with me. Yeah, lack, of, tr- lack of trust in other people is lack of trust in ourselves. Right. <laughs> we got a lot of head nods going on. <laughs> right. So with that, anyway. anything else you want to share about Italy? Or no, d- go. go, go, eat, see the world, go see the world. Oh, the food. Don't you didn't let... touch on food. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I, mean, I really have to take a break with uh, pizza, uh, pasta. Um, even wine, which for people who know me, I love some wine. Um, but yeah, that's all we did. And it was great. And gelato. And it was like, that's exactly what we went to do, which was eat, enjoy the wine and, and the culture. And we did that. Will we be back? I Will I be back? Uh, for sure. Uh, will I stay in Spello? Absolutely. That'll probably be the only place that I go. And we'll take day trips. <laughs> yeah, you got friends there. Yeah. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Don't let this story stop you from going. Um, it can happen anywhere. Um, but I can give you some pro tips on how to travel to Italy. So if you ever go, let me know. Um, and I can tell you how to pack <laughs> and what not to drive and how to get to places. Uh, mm-hmm. cause that was the best experience. That was the learning experience that I needed. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good, but I'm so glad to be home. So glad to get rid of this cold, um, and to get back into, um, <laughs> some sort of normalcy. I gotta go get some shoes. Let's go get some shoes. I gotta go get some shoes. Cause the shoes that I'd somebody wore, in Italy is wearing one shoes. time. Got stolen. What the hell, man? Shoes. Got to get my shoes. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully this made sense. My brain is all kinds of places right now. Going to go take a nap. But yeah, that's it. As always, from our heart. To yours. To yours. We love you guys. Go tap out. Tap into life. Tap out. <laughs> all the Let taps. Just tap. Go tap. We are so grateful you joined us for another episode of Tap Into. Go to Facebook.com forward slash Travis and Pete and like our page. And drop us a line while you're there and say hi. You can also find us on Instagram at Tap Into Life. Huge, super big shout out to Specialty Produce Network and our listeners and followers because we couldn't do this without you. After all, we are better together. Till next time, get out there and tap into life. life.